0: <laughs> We're it back. Wouldn't, it <laughs> wouldn't
1: be an episode without that starting. Episode 17, <laughs> 17, another big topic. Yeah. You like to cover all the big topics, the hot topics. Today, intermittent fasting, something's close to your heart. You've actually done it yourself for a yep. long period of time.
2: Yep, close to my heart. I wouldn't say a long period of time uh, in the context, but um, you know, some people do fasting for much longer than I have, but I love it and you know, a lot of people are interested in it because you know, what's better than what's a better diet than not eating anything at all? <laughs>
1: Sounds simple. <laughs> Air. Just eat air. Is, there's heaps of different ways to, to look at intermittent fasting and heaps of different methods. So we'll, we'll jump into s- some of those. We will take some listener questions. We'll also look at some of the latest sports topics. There's some juicy things happening in sport. And then we'll go over the, um, the game picks from last week and then pick some um, new picks for this coming week or yes. the next couple of weeks.
2: Somebody's going to have a dry scoop
1: of shred matrix. Really? We'll see. <laughs> You'll soon find out who it is. It's either me, you or Hal. What? Yeah, you've been included in this. Now we've decided if it's a draw between us, yeah. you have to take the scoop. That's
3: fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay,
1: someone has to do it.
3: Cool. i just. Well, you can't see me on camera anyway, so I'll just. <laughs> yeah. Just sweet. Pretend.
2: We'll, we'll believe you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Intermittent fasting. Let's jump into it. Yeah. It's um. It's pretty popular. What? Why do you think it's become popular in the last year or so?
2: I think, um, you know, why it's become popular, probably some high-profile podcasts, you know, um, Joe Rogan has had some, uh, a few guests on there.
1: Masashi R&D Sessions.
2: Masashi, yeah, yeah, you know, we're high talking profile. about it now. It's about to explode. Well, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, you know, um, intermittent fasting is it's really fascinating. And, you know, because it's got a cool buzzword name, uh, it sounds trendy. Um, and, you know, some high-profile athletes have said that's their method of dieting. True. So I think, um, you know, George Saints Pierre, for one, we've spoken to Rob Woodaker about his diet. He implements some form of um, intermittent fasting as well.
1: And, and there's a lot of um, sort of Muslim athletes that are sort of forced by religion to do fasting as well. One of the best fighters on the planet, Khabib Nur- Nurmagomedov, yeah. pronounce that well. Um, yeah, he, he does sort of forced fasting through uh, Ramadan.
2: Yeah, and, you know, it's across all sports. You see this in, in football, for example. Every year, a lot of players play um, while fasting for Ramadan as well. So mm.
1: So heaps of different types of fasting. So wh- where did it where did this concept come from? Is, is it like an ancient thing where we would sort of hunt for a period of time, feast, and then between the next kill, we would be forced to f- to to fast as humans?
2: Or yeah, I guess evolutionarily, every single one of our ancestors would have practiced fasting involuntarily at some point. You know, just feeling hungry is a form of fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every night everybody undergoes an overnight fast. While you're sleeping, you're not eating. So um it's you know essentially part of our life. Um there's also uh I guess a big spiritual aspect to to fasting. You know monks um a lot of religions prescribe it. Um there's you know the the meditative aspect of fasting which uh you know might sound a bit gimmicky but uh that's it's a, it's a big part of it I think.
1: Well, I, th- I think it is. And I, it is definitely the people that I've spoken to that have done it. It's definitely a, a bit of a challenge of the mind when you're like food is so accessible to us these days and we're so used to eating or snacking every few hours. And then you take that away, even like for a short fasting period mm. and people start to go a little bit mental initially until they sort of get into the groove of it. But it is definitely, it can be a, a spiritual thing. Yeah. It can be a battle of the mind.
2: And, you know, Miyamoto Musashi actually uh, talked about it. One of his uh, principles in the way of walking alone was um, do, not, um, do not pursue the taste of good food. But, you know, uh, looking a bit deeper, you know, he was involved in some Buddhist spirituality stuff back in the day and uh, I think he practiced uh, intermittent fasting. We don't have his diet records from the 1600s, <laughs> I'm sure. What uh, did
1: it, is that what he said when you had a chat to him? or
2: um, Yeah, in my, in my, in my samurai <laughs> dreams. <laughs>
1: So far, so these days though, why are people incorporating intermittent fasting? What, what would be the main few reasons?
2: Well, I guess the main reason, the number one reason people are looking at it is probably weight loss. You know, um, there is some success that you can achieve from intermittent fasting for weight loss and it's a good tool to to enable this. But how, in, in, in um, you know, how this weight loss uh, happens in your body, the question is still unanswered. You know, um, is it from, purely from this, calorie restriction because you're not eating 24 hours a day or you know typically three meals a day like a normal person would you're actually imparting a calorie res- restriction on your body which is you know the foundation to all weight loss um but then you know there are all these other metabolic effects which um the jury's still out on
1: mm-hmm. yeah. so i know we'll jump into some of the science behind it is, is this a fad is it already dying off is it gaining momentum
2: I think we're at the early stages of um, something big, a massive tool for um, for not just weight loss but for um, all kinds of you know um, all kinds of therapies. there's uh, a lot of a lot of me- medical interest in in intermittent fasting actually uh, I've got a paper here I'll just read it out it's uh, It's from the new Eng- New England Journal of Medicine, so basically the most powerful journal in the world. yep um, okay I'll just read the conclusion. Preclinical studies... And Read clini- the whole study. Oh, okay. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so is this like health-related benefit? Like, yeah, so yeah. Conclusion, yep.
2: This paper, it was a big review um, mm-hmm. December last year. It's called Effects of Intermittent Fasting on Health, Aging, and Disease. Conclusions. Preclinical studies and clinical trials have shown that intermittent fasting has broad-spectrum broad benefits for many health conditions, such as obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, cancers, and neurologic d- disorders. Animal models show that intermittent fasting improves health through throughout the lifespan, whereas clinical studies have mainly involved relatively short-term interventions over periods of month. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's not just about a weight loss tool. There are all these other um, benefits that can arise from intermittent fasting.
1: The anti-aging thing interests me.
2: Yeah, so currently, you know... Of course it does. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, Well, I'm approaching the end of my life, so I sort of want to prolong the inevitable.
2: Well, you know, if you're still alive by the time this podcast airs... uh, It's 50-50. 50-50 chats. Uh, Well, you know, the number one Tool that humans have right now for extending lifespan in you know animals at least is caloric restriction, right? If you make animals eat less, they live longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's been there's been a whole bunch of intermittent fasting experiments done on, on animals, and you know a lot of this can't really be extrapolated to humans because um, you we're know, animals. We're animals, but we're complicated animals.
1: <laughs> we we definitely overeat.
2: Yeah, we definitely do. But um, you know, using intermittent fasting as a tool to Increase this, um, you know, calorie deficit, or alternatively, you know, is it all these other cool benefits that intermittent fasting um, does to your body, which we'll talk about soon.
1: Mm. So, as far as intermittent fasting, there's different. So, we we all probably understand the core principle: there's a period where you fast, so you you restrain from from food. Yeah. Are any are any foods allowed in that time at all? Like uh, I've seen people that do it, uh, have like coffee and things like that, but.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll touch on that. Let's, let's talk about the different types of fasting first. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, um, it depends how, how deep you want to go into, into it. You know, some people believe that any, anything other than water is a foreign substance. And depending what you're trying to achieve with this intermittent fasting, it um, might get in the way. But, right. you know, if So, doing there's
1: different extreme, like there's probably extremists for intermittent fasting than just water only. And, and some people maybe not even water. Yeah, exactly. The
2: Exactly. So, first type of fast is the overnight fast, which everybody does. You know, when you sleep, you don't eat. Um, mm-hmm. The next type, unless fa- you're hell, yeah, unless you're hell, he has
1: some snacks beside the bed.
2: I can't go for more than two hours without eating, <laughs> day or night.
1: Cheetos in the middle of the night for you? Nah, you snack. wake up with those orange sticky fingers?
3: Hummus and crackers.
1: <laughs> is that your is that your little weakness at night? Is it? Yeah, I've got some in the fridge in the office. <laughs> so odd. Yeah. Hummus. In- I do. Not, I, I do like a bit of hummus and crackers. So I, I, I do overnight do, fast. I like my sleepers. <laughs> <laughs> overnight fast, which we all do to a certain degree, at least however long we sleep, six to eight hours.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And then I guess extending this is where this idea of intermittent fasting, um, which is really a poor term for intermittent fasting. It's um, the true term is time restricted eating or time restricted feeding. Right. You're restricting the time interval which you with which you eat. So, one way to do this, the best way to do this is just to extend your overnight fast. Mm-hmm. You can extend it in the, in the morning, you know, eat, eat your first meal of the day much later, or you can extend it in the evening before you go to sleep and eat your last meal much earlier.
1: So, a lot of these intermittent fasts, they sort of put, they call it by how long you're fasting and how long the window is of eating. So, the most popular one I've heard of these days is like a 16 and
2: 8. Exactly. So, you know, typically you'd say you'd have a 12-hour a fast, just, just normally, right? So, eat dinner at 7 p.m., wake up at 7 a.m., have some breakfast, right? That's about normal for a lot of people. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, for <laughs> normal people. Uh, <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> um, but then, you know, extending this. So, say you have your last meal at 8 p.m. Um, you're not going to eat until 12 the next day. Right. Right? So, basically, you skip breakfast and, you know, feel fungr- hungry for a few hours until uh, until that first meal at midday. So, from 8 p.m. to 12, that's a 16-hour fast. Mm-hmm. Then you have an 8-hour window to to within which you eat. So, you know. Um, that's where this term comes from. 16:8. People, people manipulate this and can have you know shorter or longer eating windows. If you have um, a longer we- eating window, typically less, less of a fast, you know.
1: So, in that eight-hour window where you are eating, or however long the window is, are you still trying to consume the same amount of calories that you would? If you were just to eat normally throughout the day like is that the is that the idea or is it to actually help restrict calories well by uh, skipping a meal
2: or it what? depends what you're trying to achieve right so for some people who are looking to maintain their weight the idea would be to consume the same amount of calories in that eight hours that you would you know alternatively throughout the day um if you what what it does though is you know when, when they've tracked people on these intermittent fasting diets without tracking their calories people Tend to eat less calories in this eight-hour window because you're just eating for a shorter period of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's that's probably the most popular form of intermittent fasting: this time-restricted eating or time-restricted feeding. There's there's a few other types, though.
1: Is is that really a fast? Sixteen hours. Have you tried it? I haven't. Like my stomach's rumbling, and I do. It is something I do want to try, and, and I know you've you've tried it. Um, but I'm just I'm thinking like a true fast is, is sixteen hours really enough? Like. There's a lot of people that I know just skip breakfast, and then the actual first meal they have is lunch. There's a lot that just do that out of being busy or hmm. or not being hungry first thing in the morning. There's a lot of people that just aren't hungry.
2: So is it a true fast? Well, it's called it. It's a daily fast. We can it's call a, it that. It's
1: a week fast, I reckon. Yeah. Well, that, so introductory. Maybe we call it introductory.
2: Introductory. Fast. <laughs> so you know, a good way to ease into intermittent <laughs> fasting is well, it's to is to slowly change this window, right? So say say you can start with fourteen hours. Yeah. You know, um, so eat dinner. At 8 p.m., mm-hmm. you can eat your first meal by 10 a.m. Pretty easy to do, right? Easy. Extend that a couple hours, you know? So, 8 p.m., you can eat at 12 the yep. next day. Um, when I was playing with intermittent fasting, this, I was doing this daily fast and I went up f- from 8 p.m. dinner to uh, an 18 6 window. So, 2 p.m. was my first meal. Right. And, you know, that's only a six hour eating window. And it, it's quite hard to eat your daily calories in six hours, so uh, it yeah. actually actually imparts a bigger caloric deficit.
1: So when you are in that eight-hour window, where you, or however long the window is, when you are eating, are you still trying to spread? your Obviously, you're not able to get the amount of meals in that you normally would. Like some, a lot of people in sports are sort of eating anywhere between three to six meals a day, sometimes even more. So you're just having less meals, more calories within those meals.
2: Yeah. So typically they they are larger meals, but you know there's only so much you can eat. Mm -hmm. Um, in in one window and i mean in one sitting and some people that do these extreme fasts of say 20 hours and four hour window you're going to struggle to fit three meals in four hours yeah right unless you're hell (laughs) (laughs)
1: constantly grazing three meals in one hour easy (laughs) like a cow
2: exactly so um you know (laughs) depending on this window it's it's going to be a bit different but there are other ways to fast not just this daily fast Mm -hmm. there's um there's also alternate day fasting so, um, you know, this is where you add a 24 hour fast, for example, a couple times a week.
1: Right. And would you structure those 24 hour fasts on days that you're not training or participating in any sports?
2: I- ideally, you would.
1: And how would they, because I've, I've considered this, right? Like, I, Sunday's a great day for me to fast because it's just a family day. You know, I'm always sort of active, I'm occupied anyway. And the thought of cooking, making meals is actually a, a hindrance. Hmm. The day before, though, I'm training legs. Yeah. Right. And, and, and I'm always concerned about getting enough protein the following day, obviously mm. for recovery, for when I get back into my training on, on the Monday and ready to go again for the week. Is that is that a factor? Or, or I know you're always saying sort of total calorie intake, total macro intake throughout a whole week you mm. should really look at rather than sort of day and time. So would that be an issue, like having a fast after the day after a really intense
2: um, training session? No, so um, it, I mean, it, it, it is... It is an issue, but it's something that's not specifically studied that well to know that much about. You know, we know that you do need protein after training to recover correctly, but there are all these other benefits that are happening within your body um, during this fast. During, especially a prolonged fast, like a full day fast, that's when you uh, may experience more of these these other benefits, and you know, those benefits to, to inflammation and and the recovery process itself. The thing is, exercise actually amplifies the effects of fasting on your body. Um, so to answer whether it's good to do a full day fast after a heavy leg session um when i was doing it what i found made a big difference to my recovery and performance in the gym was including sufficient protein in my eating window right right um so i actually lost a bit of strength when i was experimenting with this uh you know something i was squatting 180 five five at the time um, which is you know pathetic yep pretty easy <laughs> for me usually right <laughs> but um when i was doing this um intermittent fast and you know usually on a calorie um deficit you'll you'll be a little bit weaker anyway so
1: you weren't consuming the same amount of calories that you normally, normally were
2: um i i wasn't specifically tracking it but um because i was just you know trying to play with time restriction rather than calorie restriction right. i should have in hindsight mm. but um i i believe i was consuming less um but um what I found was, made a big difference was actually increasing my protein during this feeding window. And then towards the end of it, I actually started um, having some amino acid drinks during the um, the fast as well. Oh, you cheated. I cheated. But so your strength levels trying, dropped. It what, depends what you're trying to achieve. What, what yeah. sort of,
1: how much did they drop? Was it significant or was it minor? or?
2: Um, It was minor. I guess the, like the last set of two of the five sets were a lot harder than it, it, it was previously. And, right. Um, you know, I don't think I even went to the final... Um, final five reps on some of those final sets.
1: Okay. So, hmm.
2: um, did you get leaner during, during that period there? Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people do intermittent fasting for, you know, sports performance and body composition goals. I uh, actually did it because I was going to Bali last year. <laughs> <laughs> Pure aesthetic reasons. Pure, yeah. Purely aesthetic that. reasons. Yeah, um, and, you know, Bali <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've tried it a few different ways in my life. You know, I've tried low carb keto style, I've tried, you know, tracking macros. So it's good to experiment with these different tools. And that's what intermittent fasting is, or time-restricted feeding, sorry, is, you know, uh, a good tool to use. What I haven't really experimented thoroughly on is, are these um, extended fasts, you know? So
1: what are some of the other fasts that we're sort of referring to here? The, the 24-hour alternate day Yeah, so fast? alternate
2: day fasting. Um, so you might have actually heard of another diet called the 5-2 diet, where you don't completely fast on the days so off. you just have significantly r- less calories on those fasting days. So it's not a, a pure fast, per se, but... Um, you're still getting some of the benefits, particularly around the calorie r- restriction.
1: Would that be similar to like a, like carb loading, a carb sort of deficit and carb loading days?
2: Yeah. Um, similar principles. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess the other one is prolonged fast, you know, so um, this is where you fast for twenty four hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. Some people do. Mm. And, you know, there are a whole bunch of benefits t- in your body, um, which we'll talk about soon, but you know, it's really a mental challenge when it, get, when it gets down to that level. And um, it, it's, it's something that a lot of people won't be able to do, you know, just dealing with this hunger, these hunger pangs, um, yeah, h- hell, hell wouldn't last.
1: <laughs> I, I think most people would struggle with a 24-hour fast, like just a one day, let alone a multiple day. Like why the multiple day? What, what are some of the benefits? What starts to happen in the body? Because I know what starts happening in my body. My stomach starts rumbling, mm. like out of control and won't stop. What, w- Shame. Yeah. Why are people doing these multiple day?
2: Well, so it, like you said before, you know, there, there are different goals to achieve through intermittent fasting, right? So one of the one of the things that happens in in these prolonged fasts, in particular, is something called autophagy. So autophagy, you know, it's a it's a funky sounding term. Mm. It, basically, it means you're you're killing off your weaker cells in your body. So um, think of it like um, you know like um, like a herd of herd of buffalos. Think of all this, all the cells in your body like a herd of buffalos, right? And, you know, the slowest ones get chowed up by the lions at the back. <laughs> so, uh, but it actually makes the herd stronger, you know, because together now, you know, it's the fastest and the strongest remaining in the herd. It's kind of like that with, your, um, with autophagy. So once you go into this pro- prolonged fast, you're actually eating your own body, uh, for lack of a better term. And, but uh, it's all the
1: shitty dead cells.
2: Exactly. And you're re- replacing and regenerating them with newer, fresher cells. And this is why, you know, people ex- extrapolate this autophagy that's going on into, you know, prolonged life extension right but you know the the problem the issue is there hasn't been enough work done on intermittent fasting to um in the long term to really understand some of the the things that are going on
1: would something like that still suit an older person (laughs) Uh, (laughs) just asking for a friend um where where cell production isn't happening at at the same rate as, as maybe a younger person Just ask for a friend.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) um, I'm. There's definitely be um, benefits, and you know, when I'm an old man, this is something I'm going to practice for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, there are definitely wise wise old monks that have uh have talked about this a lot. And you know, uh, even reading some of the some, I've read a couple of um, you know, biographies and things. And you know, even Gandhi and Nelson Mandela and these kind of guys who you know, although Gandhi got shot at a bit of a younger age, you know, he was quite um. a good example he was quite uh you know still still sharp into his older ages and you know Nelson Mandela lived until you know the 90s or whatever.
1: Mm. So they they both employed fasting principles.
2: Yeah, uh, the, um Gandhi was a big uh, proponent of it. So um I've heard,
1: I've heard things like where people have actually fasted for a year. Yeah. Is this bullshit? Like I have I've heard stories where monks yeah have just gone into this state where they haven't eaten for that wouldn't you you'd die, wouldn't you? Um I mean you, you'd probably a, die for, for
2: a year, but, you know, it's there like are, there are some people that do very long, pro- prolonged fasts for, you know, a number of days, and a, a week even, and it requires tremendous mental skill, and um, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. So, but the question is, are these life extension benefits coming from, you know, a calorie restriction, which we know can improve life extension, or is it coming from this autophagy and these, you know, um, other metabolic things that are happening? So one of the things that happens when you're on intermittent fasting is, um, you know, currently when we, with this constant refinding, we're trained to um, run on, on, on glucose, right? Mm-hmm. And we talked about this on the keto episode that you know when you're on a, in a keto when you're in ketosis, your body's producing um, ketones. You know, it's converting fat into energy, um, and you're running on a different fuel source. Um, what happens in intermittent fasting is you run on ketones, so um, you're not relying on this, um, this glucose. Um, dependency that you know you typically do would cause the refeedings. So wh- what intermittent fasting does is actually triggers some something called metabolic flexibility, which is your ability to tr- to, s- to switch between these two um, main main fuel sources. You know, glucose dependent or ketone dependent. Right. So uh, intermittent fasting is intimately related to keto- the ketogenic diet because you're running on the same fuel source. But uh, probably another reason why it's so popular because keto's so popular and people are extending it a cool way to do intermittent fasting is you know employing some 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 keto um principles into your refeeding window so you can do full ketogenic in, uh, intermittent fast which some people have done with uh good success
1: so what utilizing fat as an energy source within that window yeah combining uh, the two yeah. principles
2: <laughs> so um it depends you know what you're trying to achieve with, with this fast uh, yeah. but um yeah
1: what about for athletes, like, like a prolonged fast like this, multiple days, would you, be, would you be employing this in a period where you might have a week off training? Like, and if you're not having a week off training, you're silly. You should occasionally have a week off. Yeah. Um, so would, would this be good to do in time with that? Because I, just, I honestly couldn't imagine myself doing a multiple-day fast while I'm training and doing jiu-jitsu at night, and just me as an example, and probably yeah. applies to everyone.
2: Um well it once again it depends what you're trying to achieve with intermittent fast like you know if you if you're trying to build muscle and perform at your best we know eating eating the right foods and the right amount of protein mm-hmm. does have a, a known benefit to this um if you're just doing intermittent fasting for the sake of killing off your 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 cells but you know sacrificing um sacrificing you know your performance for it yeah it, is it worth it you know pro- probably not but you know, it, it's a tool that you can use um, while you're training. And, you know, if you if you imply um, fast on your non-training days, um, it, it, it's really subjective as well. You know, some people can train fasted. Some people can wake up in the morning, go to the gym, uh, and you're actually training fasted, you know, um, in this fasted state.
1: Yeah, I think I've said before I prefer to train in a, in a somewhat fasted state. Um, mm. I just feel clearer and less digestive issues and things like that
2: um th- so so, th- so there's a new study uh, published you know two weeks ago right yep. um it, it it's interesting because they actually looked at this question of you know intermittent fasting and how it affects weight loss and your know, you know your m- metabolic um uh you know your, your metabolic state, yeah, right? your state yep so 116 people they studied in America right um intermittent fasting so they had one group doing intermittent fasting one group doing caloric restriction you know counting the calories uh, you know try to Farting way of losing fat versus you know intermittent fasting novel way to to play around with um, with calorie restriction. Um, the intermittent fasting group did lose a bit more weight, so one point one seven percent versus zero point seven five percent in the calorie restricted group. So this was over twelve weeks, um, but the intermittent fasting group actually recorded less steps, so um, decreased activity while doing intermittent fasting versus. This caloric restriction, you know, where you might just be constant feeding, but you know, restricting the total amount of calories that you. Get. So,
1: why did they do less steps? Was that a planned thing, or they just didn't feel like doing as it, many steps? That was not
2: a planned thing. That was just an observation from the study: is that they did significantly less steps, and also um, they lost more lean body mass than the caloric restriction group.
1: Right. So they did lose some some muscle muscle mass.
2: Yeah. So it was it was pretty interesting, but. Um, so Does why would
1: you do this? It's, pu- it's sounding purely like weight loss to me, like from a sports performance perspective. Yeah. Unless you've got some sort of digestional issues. Uh, I know that's why, like we, we mentioned George St. Pierre before a famous MMA fighter yeah. from the UFC. He started to employ these these longer fasts because of some digestional issues that he was he was having um, as he was trying to put on weight to go up a weight class. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and, and he found that this was a way to, um, to, to help with that, to give the digestive system a break and sort of give it a bit of a reset. Mm. So other than sort of weight loss, digestive, and, and maybe anti-aging, like if you were purely focused on sports performance, this m- the prolonged fast may not be the way to go. You'd probably go with like a 16 and 8 sort of setup.
2: Exactly, yeah. And, um, you know, making sure that the principles still do apply. You know, what you're trying to achieve, the base of the permit, you know, your total daily calorie intake, your macronutrients, um, you know, uh, like we said, timing is the tip of the pyramid. You know, the bit what you what you take in in your feeding windows still applies, you know, even if you're imp- implementing some kind of time restriction.
1: What if you're trying to your intake of calories in that in that window? Say you're eating two meals, right, or three, even three meals, and the intake of calories in each of those meals is significantly more than what you would have done previously over sort of spread out. Yeah. Is that affecting things like your insulin levels and uh, the amount of protein that you can actually...
2: Well, so um, that same study that we just talked about, the one that was published two weeks ago, um, they actually try to assess some of these metabolic parameters, right? So there's no difference in the fasting insulin levels between the calorie-restricted group and the intermittent fasting group. Kind of bust that, that you know, your fasting insulin levels are going to be a bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, no difference in fasting glucose levels between the two groups as well. Um, no difference in hemoglobin A1c, which is you know, a marker of insulin sensitivity. So, um, without going into too much of what insulin does. You know, um, um, it, it, your sensitivity to insulin is gonna affect your ability to, you know, um, deposit nutrients and, uh, and burn fat as well. And also no difference in um, resting metabolic rate. So, a few months passed through that study, but once again, it was like a self-reported study uh where they tracked them on an app and it was only sixteen eight fast where you're not maybe getting the full effects of uh, you know a prolonged fast
1: so this study's just come out yep has there been any controversy in the in the way it was conducted or is there any any sort of talk online about this study and the results so have you got
2: um well like every study you know it's just um it's just one one snapshot of something that can happen and you know it was basically tracking people all over the united states mm-hmm. and you know how well do you trust these people you know uh did everybody adhere to the fast? You know, correctly. It's very easy to cheat. You know, if you get hungry, just have a couple crackers. Then obviously, you know, you you might just be in the same camp as somebody that's doing a normal calorie restriction if you're cheating a bit. But you know, we have to assume that it, it was a good study. And um, yeah, this is this is just one of the findings. But going back to the original paper from December 2019, mm-hmm. right? So this is from the New, Inge- New England Journal of Medicine, right? So this is some of the um, the benefits um, that happens during your intermittent fast, increased ketones. Increase micro- co- mitochondrial stress resistance. Increase antioxidant defenses. Increase autophagy, which we just talked about. Increase DNA repair. Decrease insulin. Decrease I- mTOR, which is, um, you know, uh, a trigger muscle protein synthesis. And decrease um, protein synthesis. So during the fast, you actually have decreased synthesis, right? Um, That's a bad thing, though. It, it is a bad thing, but, you know... Um, it depends what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, okay. Once again, and yep. if uh, you know, if all things being equal, if you have sufficient protein in your uh, in your eating window, there are heaps of benefits in there.
1: What what was the uh, t- what did it touch on with the DNA?
2: Um, yeah. So um, increased DNA repair. So that's one of the one of the big benefits of it is mm-hmm. you know there's potential implications in cancer and you know stuff that I'm not too familiar with, but um, that's where a lot of the research interest is at the, mon- at the moment.
1: DNA repair and antioxidant.
2: Yeah, exactly. So th- th- there's there's a lot of benefits, you know, to your metabolic and cellular health that. Um, are hypothesized to intermittent fasting that just haven't been studied yet. So we can't really make these kind of conclusions yet.
1: So there'll be a lot more studies coming up in the next few years, definitely, as they start to see more and more benefits. They'll trial it on more and more people and yeah. more and more studies.
2: So, you know, outside of sports performance, it's, you know, it, it is for this uh, longevity benefit and the decreased, you know, occurrence of diseases like, um, you know, diabetes, cancer, obesity. These are the things that are being studied at the moment and where uh, there's a lot of um, hypothesis that intermittent fasting can be a powerful tool. Mm. Yeah, yeah,
1: Well, it still applies to everyone, whether you're into sports performance or not. All of those things, like decreased chances of cancer and longevity, uh, that applies to everyone. Is this something like that you would recommend? Like, I know you're not sort of making any recommendations. You're not yeah. a doctor or anything, but like, would you recommend that people try this?
2: I 100 percent recommend people try this, and um, you know, if. if uh, if anything else, you know, you're probably going to get a calorie uh, deficit. So you know, make make sure you're, you're trying it, trying to use it at the same time. Like you said, you know, just doing a fast for the sake of doing a fast because it's trendy and you're getting these things. Just remember that it might come at the cost of you know some potential. Um, you know, protein synthesis. That's the only
1: reason you did the fast is <laughs> so you could tell people that
2: you were fasting, isn't it? No, <laughs> no. <Nah, nah. laughs> um, you know, I, I did for apps. <laughs> it's a
1: different reason. <laughs> so, there are different extreme levels of what fasting means. Yeah. So, so water is generally accepted as, as okay on a fast.
2: Yeah. Coffee? Coffee. So, um, this is probably like one of the biggest questions. You know, mm. what can I have when I'm fasting? Yeah. Well, number one, you can have water, right? And it depends how extreme into the fast you want to go, right? Um, water fills you up it It does, but you know um when you, when you go to sleep um part of the theories of intermittent fasting is that you get some this gut rest right you, food and anything that you have any external substance apart from water is a metabolic stress right your body has to ramp up some kind of you know metabolic processes to process the food that you're you're eating, and you know that applies to any foreign substance caffeine um amino acids you know um a, a lot of these things right so one of the benefits of fasting is um when you when you when you're not eating, when you're resting, um, you, your liver enzymes get to um, um, here we go. Take he, a rest, he, this is yeah, Darren trying
1: to not get too technical with us, so we understand what's happening.
2: Yeah. So so basically, the first thing that you put in your mouth every day activates all these metabolic processes in your body, right? Mm-hmm. So um, sort of
1: kickstarts the system, right?
2: Exactly. So you know, activates all these liver enzymes, activates your gut. Um, you know, all the, all these other things that are happening, and um, that's, that becomes, you know, ingrained into your circadian rhythm, you know. So it takes a little bit of time for you to, you know, for your body to adapt and, you know, for your, for your enzymes to be activated and things that, uh, throughout the day. So as you adapt to this fast, um, you're getting to these periods where, you know, your, your liver enzymes aren't activated and, you know, you are getting this autophagy of, you know, killing the, the weaker cells in the herd like we, we kind of just talked about.
1: How long does that take? to start to occur is that sort of multiple days multiple weeks or is that just happening from day one if you have fasted from day one yeah is it starting to kill off cells instantly
2: um that that's um that's something that you know it's, it's still under research and you know some some of the latest things that i've been um reading and listening to is uh you know some of the benefits only happen after about a year
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know the fat loss benefits are you know something you experience straight away but you know some of the longer-term benefits um, do take a little bit of while for you you know for your um, metabolic adaptation to occur
1: right so this is something that you could safely employ for periods of uh, of a year and longer it's not like uh, a lot of people that are on the keto diet sort of sort of shift in and out they might do a few months or f- six months and then they'll jump off it for a bit yeah so intermittent fasting is something that you can pl- employ ongoing exactly safely.
2: So I think it's 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 a really useful tool right and remember that it's a tool it's um, you, you could implement it into your way of life, you know, easily if if, you, if you're structuring everything correctly and you know if you want to be in this, um, you know, calorie deficit or um, you know this reduced calorie compared to um, a constant feeding. But you know what you can do is you can increase what you're eating in the in the in the in the eating window, right? So there's another study, a, a mice study, right? So um, they foster these mice. This be
1: relevant to you, Hal? Huh? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Giant mice. Didn't mouse so. oh, yeah. I thought, thought he was a rat <laughs> yeah. oh,
0: What did I do? What did I do? Sorry, sorry.
2: <laughs> um, so these mice They fasted for 16 hours Then they were allowed to eat Anything they want for, In this 8 hour window Right? And think about Anything that, they want Anything they want So all the cheese what Or do they just like Lay out a, a
3: platter they, yeah. Anything you want No they had to order from the menu Yeah oh, right
2: oh, If you put a, a mouse In some in front of some food It's going to eat it oh, okay. <laughs> Alright <laughs> That's what they do. Yeah. So um, anything they want for eight hours. Um, they couldn't gain weight. Even in this, um, in this maximum refeed state, they couldn't gain weight. And they actually, um, actually gain more muscle mass, the fasting group, in mice. Really? What? Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, um, counterintuitive. So it's a little
1: bit, yeah. A little bit opposite to the human trials so far.
2: Exactly. So there's a few mechanisms that are going on that nobody quite yet quite understands in intermittent fasting, right? So um, there are all these benefits to your health and longevity, but, you know, what 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 are the implications for sports and muscle mass you know it's still unclear mm. yeah still
1: early days then i guess
2: yeah but you know our, our ancestors did it like i said and you know if you wouldn't if you aren't able to function correctly on a fast um you'd be dead you know like um you know think back to cavemen they mm. they, they weren't eating three meals a day
1: yeah i think like the recent time it's not so recent but we've bes- it's become sort of common within the sports industry that you eat every two to three hours throughout the day. This a lot of this science sort of basically makes it that out to just be bullshit. Yeah. Really. Well you don't it, need to eat that frequently.
2: Well, it depends what you're trying to do again. Like if you're trying to gain muscle mass, you know, you, you want you're gonna want to have this amino acid availability to your muscle throughout the day. So, you know, that's kind of one of the reasons why I probably lost a bit of strength is because
1: But I think I was more saying it from a like a metabolism point of view where hmm. eat more frequently as it boosts your metabolism. You know, like when you're trying to lose fat, you're sort of, they sh- you should be snacking to keep your metabolism fast. Like is, that's obviously just...
2: Yeah, well, so that's kind of one of the things that still needs to be determined, you know, how intermittent fasting affects your metabolic rate compared to, you know, a normal um, a traditional diet. Mm. And, you know, in that latest study, the one with 116 people, there was no difference in the metabolic rate between the two groups, but that was only on over 12 weeks and it was only, mm. you know, um, uh, on uh, on a self-reported diet. So it... it there are some criticisms about it, but, you know. Uh,
1: yeah. So what can what can you eat or what can you consume during that fast period? So water's in, yeah. coffee. I know you used to come in and have black coffees occasionally. Are they allowed?
2: Yeah, so it depends. Um, so you know, some people that are doing this for the gut rest benefits, they don't want anything else but water, you know. In, even, a, even coffee is going to yeah. trigger some kind of metabolic processes within your body. But if you're doing it for weight loss, you know, caffeine is actually going uh, gonna, to gonna help. Mm. You know, if you're doing it solely for this caloric deficit, caffeine, um, some black coffee during your, um, your fast is going to help a lot. Okay. And what about... Um, one, one of the things, though, is okay. um, if, you, if, if you're not a coffee drinker, probably don't just start drinking black coffee in your fasting period. <laughs> right? Um, it's, it's unnecessary. But if you are a coffee drinker, you know, stripping off food and stripping off coffee at the same time, is, is a lot to handle, you know? It's like a one-two punch. You're going to get become a <laughs> caffeine junkie and you're going to be hungry. So, so maybe ease into it. Yeah.
1: Keep the coffee in for a while and then eventually try to dump the coffee and see how you feel after that.
2: Exactly. And I think easing into it is a big key, um, you know, because I've played with this a couple of times and um, starting the fast is very hard, you know? Um, you get super hungry, right? So...
1: Especially if you're accustomed to eating every few hours, like most people in sports would be.
2: Exactly. So w- what I found really useful was to do like a week of quite low carb eating, and then go into an intermittent fast because you know you're kind of already practicing with some kind of restriction, mm-hmm. you know, macronutrient restriction. But um, um, it it just kind of preps you mentally to to go into this.
1: The more we talk about this, I'm starving. Yeah, Me too. I'm so hungry right now. The yeah. <laughs> more I th- talk about being hungry, well, that has th- to be a mental part of it. It well. is,
2: and I think that's probably. One of, if not, you know, the biggest benefit is, um, you know, this primal fe- feeling of hunger and it's not controlling you, you know, you're controlling your hunger. Uh, I think we talked about so this they term. They make hunger your bitch. Exactly. Um, equ- equanimity, right? We talked about this term before, the ability to stay calm, um, you know, uh, despite an external pressure. Can't do it. Yeah? Yeah. Well. <laughs> no, it
1: makes sense. It's, a, it's good. Like, it's, it's great for the body, but it's yeah. also a bit of a mind game as well. It can help train your mind.
2: Exactly. And, and you help,
1: help you realize you don't actually... It's okay to skip a meal. It's okay to skip a couple of meals. You're going to survive.
2: Yeah. You know, how many people go their entire lives without really even, you know, feeling a little bit of hunger? I know. Uh, a lot of people. Most people. You know, oh, you know when I was growing up. Uh, <laughs> if you, On you the know, hungry
1: streets of South Africa. No, no,
2: no. Everybody's like, uh, <laughs> you know, you're well, hungry. This boy hasn't eaten for three hours. Well, Somebody th- get him some food, you know. Well, <laughs> like, that's parents these yeah. days, and
1: especially with my kids, you know, like they'll, you're constantly asking them, are you hungry? Do you want, do you want something? Like we just pamper. Yeah. I don't think they've ever gone hungry. And if they do say I'm hungry, it's a surprise these days because we're just force feeding our kids, yet chubby little kids.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you look at, um, you know, e- even, even Hal. Hal lives better than kings of 100 years ago, you know. Thank you. Uh, I'm, talk- I'm talking about your food, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> treat yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, health. You know, got this uh, excess. You know, all these healthy foods. Um, you know, never feeling hungry. Even you know, a king, the kings and queens of a hundred years ago, mm. probably you know, did experience some kind of hunger. And you know, um, you know, don't live as well as we do today. Yeah, didn't yeah.
3: have two minute noodles back then. Exactly.
2: Oh,
1: that's the uni diet, mate. Sure is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So
2: um, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty interesting.
1: So what about um? Okay. Free form amino acids. Yeah,
2: so when so you're I'll,
1: not actually digesting them, but obviously they're
2: well, they, they do get processed by your by your liver as well. So you are triggering this, you know, um, stopping this gut rest and triggering this uh, enzymes to be activated. But, um, you know, w- when I was doing it specifically for the goal of a calorie deficit, I started including electrolytes and um, amino acids into my uh, into a little drink that I was drinking while I was while I was fasting. Sorry
1: right and and how far in did before you started to to utilize that so obviously got to the point where you were just going yeah okay i'm losing muscle i'm losing strength i need to do something about it
2: yeah probably about four weeks in i would say uh, then i started tweaking it you yep. know i really wanted to experience just water only fast um but you know there are those extremes um so if you, if you want to do it for all these metabolic benefits go water only if you want to do it for fat loss you know, maybe throw in some caffeine if that's what you're used to, because <laughs> it's g- it's going to be very hard to go through this hunger and this caffeine withdrawal. If you are, you know, trying to gain strength and, you know, trying to, um, you know, op- optimize your, trying to get some of these benefits from intermittent fasting, but don't really want to compromise your performance, then, you know, probably best to include things like electrolytes and amino acids during your um, your um, fasting window. Mm-hmm. Although then it becomes, you know, not not a pure fast. Mm. Yeah. One one of the other considerations is water, right? Um so while you're fasting, water is, you know, the most important thing, right? Like It's like your savior. It kind of like suppresses your appetite a little bit, you know, because something's going down your throat. Um, but, you know, food contains a lot of water. So a lot of people that go through prolonged fasts don't really realize how much water food contains. And, you know, you might just be drinking what you're normally drinking, but um, you kind of have to compensate for what, you're, what all the water that's not coming in through food. And it, it's a lot that you do get through through food
1: so you're recommending people should up their water intake on any intermittent fast
2: yeah so you know if you drink um four liters a day um normally and you're drinking four liters day on a fast you know it's probably a good benchmark that you probably need to drink a bit more mm-hmm. um the exact percentage you know it's it's kind of hard to know but um because you're also also doing a fast you uh your electrolyte levels are going to be uh a bit depleted as well yeah true yeah so what do you so you did the
1: 16 and 8 have you ever d- have you ever gone a full day without without any food whatsoever
2: I've done I've done some 40 hour fast that's probably the longest oh, yeah. 40
1: hour famine do they still have that I, yeah.
2: I I used to do that that's that's why I did 40 hours recently because what like happened I did it as a kid it was easy yeah, yeah. 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 but you are allowed lollies It wasn't just
3: yeah. it wasn't just um, food you could do anything you could do yeah. 40 hours yeah. without screens yeah. you could do 40 hours Is that what it turned into could people in my school did 40 hours without exercise because it's because it's raising money so you can choose the thing that That's you're giving up
1: when I when I was a kid back in the 1920s it mm. was purely food
2: yeah in New yeah. Zealand when I did it it was it was food or technology
1: Technology that has yeah. been included. Yeah, well, there's no technology. I reckon when you're people a kid. would struggle
2: yep. more with technology yeah. these days than the food part that's of why it.
3: That's why they did it, but also because it was a fundraiser. It wasn't for your personal. You know, well, yeah.
2: When Ross was a kid, technology was rocks.
3: So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no rocks, 40 hours. <laughs>
2: I ate the rocks. That's how I got around I'm <laughs> not, not surprised. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I actually remember, yeah, that's brought back some memories. It's probably the only time I have done a fast yeah. and I struggled Yeah, it, as a little
2: chubby kid. It, I think a lot of people in this part of the world do, do have those kind of memories of the 40 hour famine and, and you know, you can do it. Yeah. It's, it's, mm. it, and, and, you know, just the challenge of fasting is quite good. You know, you kind of feel primal. You feel like, okay, you know, uh, I'm kind of like tapping into some caveman shit that's been going <laughs> on inside my body for a little while.
1: I always <laughs> think that and I think, oh, yeah, it's good to get back to those sort of caveman times And I think. Those guys are probably scrawny little hairy things that lived till they were thirty. And why would I want to be that guy?
2: Yeah, true. You know, that's the old uh, the, 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 the old argument against paleo. Uh, but yeah. I think
1: I think the principles are, are, are good though. Yeah. So the, what the, we're the, eating compared to what they're eating is much exactly.
2: Different. So the, I, I, also one of the things I feel in intermittent fasting is because you're kind of you know in this restricted mindset, um, you tend to eat healthier in your in your eating window because you don't want to waste you
1: don't want to blow it
2: you feel like i i don't know if it's just me but you feel like you don't have those same cravings for carbs and sugars that you know you normally do
1: well if you've gone through this restricted period and you've done the hard work you, you don't want to go and blow it with shitty food while you while you're actually in that yeah, window exactly. you want to eat clean
2: exactly and you know it is a challenge particularly if you're doing a 16 8 fast for example those last 2 hours are the challenge are the, they? the rest of it's pretty easy it's just uh,
1: is, is that cuz you start to get it's like it's like that principle when you need to go to the toilet and the, the closer you get to the toilet, you're just struggling to hang on, but you've been hanging on for three hours. Yeah, it's like I'm the closer you <laughs> get to that eating time, the harder it becomes mentally. Like, yeah. You know
3: you're almost there. But it's, as soon as you get there, it's like, oh, I probably could have hold this for another 10 minutes if <laughs> so I really needed to.
1: It.
2: Um, One of the other things is uh, it's very hard to start from a food vendor. <laughs> like uh, I've actually tried and failed internal fasting before as well, you know, um, I've, you know, what do you mean com-
1: like a food bender like you've been eating a few days just high okay. calories and crap And good
2: example Christmas, New Year's time drinking, eating you know all this, all this nonsense that uh, you're filling your body with that you know you have to do at that time of year because you know social
1: well this is relevant to me right now I've just had sort of two weeks holiday and I've been away and I haven't been like I'm a creature of routine as soon as I get out of that yeah. my inner fat kid comes out mm. and I was a little fat kid at one point um, so I'm allowed to say that <laughs> um and i'm already noticing like yesterday and today i've tried to really start to clean things up again and it feels like my uh, it feels like i'm starving because i've been eating more relaxed for yeah. two weeks straight every day
2: yeah i guess you know your baseline calorie in- intake's probably increased and now you're trying to go to a deficit on what you were yeah before it's probably you know an even bigger drop but
1: so you're you're saying sort of ease into it maybe drop the carbs a yeah. little bit for exactly a week so, or two leading into it.
2: So, you know, I, although I've successfully successfully done intermittent fasting in the past, you know, I tried to do it after this Christmas, New Year's period, and I failed. I just couldn't do it. I was just like, nah, not hmm. happening. Because I've just been eating and, you know, misbehaving a little bit. And um, I just couldn't stick to the fast. Like, I was just too weak. Um, so, it is good to kind of prep yourself with a little bit of a, you know, a low-carb week or some kind of restricted week before heading into it.
1: If you are doing the, the traditional 16 and eight, the, or the modern sort of 16 and eight intermittent fast or restricted eating, when would you be recommending people train? Within that, um, within the fasted period or?
2: No, I, I recommend training. Um, in the window of eating? In the window of eating or most importantly, where you can get protein immediately after training. Mm-hmm. So um, I was training. Um, so I was doing the, um, the morning fast, let's call it that. So, you know, you extend your, 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 fast in the morning, um, and training in the afternoon. So I was, you know, able to get in a nice big dinner after the training because that, you know, the post-workout protein is still quite important and, you know, probably even more so in an intermittent fast.
1: That seems to be the most popular one where the, it's the, it's the morning fast. Yeah. I'd be interested to speak to a few people that are trying an afternoon, you know, like
2: your day. last
1: meal is at 2pm.
2: Yeah. Well, I know a few people that have tried that and then tried morning training as well. Yeah. Um, it, it is very hard to, to do because you, you do feel quite flat, but, uh, you know, it's possible.
1: Yeah. So it doesn't really matter the time at which you do it. It's more the, the, the window of time in which you choose.
2: Well, if you want to perform, um, you know, within your training and also, you know, so if you look at fueling your training, you want to have kind of, a, you know, a pre-workout meal. So you've got amino acid availability and, and you know, um, things like that mm. in your uh, in your body while you're, while you're training and also that access to, you know... Um, protein and carbohydrates immediately after training to, um, to get that refitting and optimize recovery. So if you can fit your training within your, your eating window, that's good. If you can't, if you only have a 4-hour eating window, um, you know, it's, it's subjective and it really depends on the person. But um, if, you're e- if you're training in a glycogen depleted state, which is you know, what you're going to be on when you're fasting, uh, you know, make sure you have sufficient protein because you can break down your muscles.
1: Mate, I think you've um, summarised it all perfectly. Is there anything else you want to cover off? Is there anything interesting? I know you've come armed with heaps of notes today because this is sort of close to to what you've done in the past.
2: Um, yeah. So um, one of the things I didn't really mention, which I kind of touched on, was sodium. So when you're fasting, your body's excreting sodium at a much faster rate. Really. Uh, yes. So is
1: that why you incorporated some electrolytes as well?
2: Exactly. So um, and your sodium intake from food is a lot lower because mm. you know you're not constantly getting sodium because most food contains salt. Um, throughout the day so i think paying attention to sodium water and electrolytes is, is going to be quite important
1: can you put some sort of himalayan rock salt in your water or is that considered a no-no
2: um you, you can but you know once again it, if it it's that extreme if you're trying to go full full extreme and get all the benefits you know what what a little bit of salt here and there does um, is probably not going to undo a lot of those so
1: what would you add some salt to those meals that or just
2: i i i started drinking the electrolyte um electrolytes during um during my fasting window so remember i s- I, I switched to electrolytes and amino acids just to optimize my uh, my fast um there are some cool uh cool novelty, novelty um um interesting facts about intermittent fasting
1: okay far away
2: paracetamol toxicity is more common in people who are fasting because so if
1: you're fasting and you're taking panadol, or, or let's not mention any brands, paracetamol, yeah. higher chance of toxicity.
2: Yeah, because Why? Um, I guess you know your liver enzymes aren't as uh, yeah. activated to process this. Um, uh, right, There's paracetamol and, you know... It, it so, that's definitely an important factor to consider. Yeah. So, you know, taking medication... What about always, if, you're
1: getting, if you're getting like hunger headaches and stuff like that? You're yeah. in a real situation then, yeah. aren't you? Well, I always
3: recommend taking that kind of medicine
2: with food. Exactly. I know. Yep. So, um, another thing, um, alternate day fasting was studied in asthma and obesity. And it's shown to actually reduce um, asthma and obesity with alternate day fasting. You know, this full day fast. Really? Yeah.
1: Obesity makes makes sense. Yeah. The asthma part, like where's the link there?
2: Well, is it inflammation. Exactly. So there's a whole question about, you know, the impact of intermittent fasting on inflammation and all these inflammatory processes within your body and that affects, you know, conditions like asthma, conditions like, you know, eczema and things like that.
1: Is that is that uh, and this is just me just brainstorming. Like is that because you're actually giving your chan- your gut a chance to just sort of reset or recover or take a break to get back to its sort of preferred or normal state without constantly loading it with
2: food exactly and you know think about food food is a metabolic stress Mm. you know food and exercise are stresses to your body that you you know you adapt to exercise to um you know get better at handling the stress likewise your body adapts to the food that you're putting in to uh, you know to uh adapt to this metabolic stress that you're you're giving it but you know if you give your body and your gut a rest there are benefits that can come from that
1: that's interesting for asthma.
2: Yeah, I'm an asthmatic, so...
1: Yeah, I was as a child and grew out of it. But yeah, that's so interesting. I know diet was super important for, for asthmatics.
2: Yeah, so um, I think that's about it. I yeah, guess. I think
1: you've covered heaps. Like, it's like I've learnt heaps. I didn't really... Like, I've obviously knew that you were doing it and I've spoken to a lot of people. And so I knew the basic principles of inter- intermittent fasting, but I think you've covered it beautifully today.
2: Cool, yeah. And there's still some you know un- unanswered questions. You know, it does... Do people improve their metabolic flexibility during long-term um, intermittent fasting or time-restricted feeding? More you know, more studies needed. Yeah, more studies needed. You know, to, Um do how how does your ketone levels change over time? You know, like when you're ketogenic diet, you know, you know that your blood ketones tend to um, get higher the, the longer you're on the ketogenic diet. You know, is it the same for ke- uh, for intermittent fasting? You know, does a ketogenic diet mimic the effects of intermittent fasting, mm. or the other way around? You know, does intermittent fasting uh, mimic some of the benefits of the ketogenic diet? You know, some of these questions still need to be answered. And, you know, what what works better, keto or intermittent fasting, for for, uh, for, for running your body on a ketogenic diet? You know, is it better to um, have this, you know, low-carb, low, uh, low um, high-fat diet consistently or is it better <laughs> to, you know, have this time-restricted feeding where you, you're forced to run on ketones? And, uh,
1: I, I, I think an intermittent fast, just having done the keto diet for a long period of time, like the sound of an intermittent fasting-style diet is definitely... Uh, I think the long-term approach would be much easier than trying to maintain keto, like a keto diet, for long periods of time.
2: Yeah. And and the good thing about um, you know time-restricted eating is you know it it does change your um, your circadian rhythm as well. And you know when you adapt to it, it becomes easy. Mm. It, you know you you forget that you're even fasting. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a, a great tool to play around with. Beautiful. Cool. Any questions, Hal? Well, if anyone's got any nope. any.
1: Um, any questions on intermittent fasting, hit us up. Yeah. Send um, any emails to podcast.masashi.com or via social media and we'll follow up. What else is... What do what we got, Hal? What's up next? We
3: have some sports news. Ooh. Sports news. Let's get into it. This one, hot off the press. Hot. LA Lakers have just won the NBA title. Well, it won't be hot
1: off the press by the time we air this episode, but no. there you go. Yeah. LeBron James, four rings, is it? Yeah. yeah and did,
3: four finals MVPs. What yeah.
1: was the final score?
2: Uh, oh, he,
3: he got finals MVP as well? He did. It was 106 to 86, I think. Flogging. Wow,
2: check. Yeah. Crazy. But, you know, the Lakers, Lakers yeah, had some extra extra motivation this year, you know, doing it for Kobe, wearing the Mamba jerseys. Mm. Mm. You know, I have good memories of uh, Rondo playing against the Lakers back in the day. Uh, and, you know, he was like quite a fierce rival of Kobe's in some of these finals. And, you know, now he's done it for the Lakers in the Lakers jersey.
3: Well, they didn't win it in the uh, in the Mamba jerseys. Yeah. Well
2: uh, yeah. That's
1: pretty cool and, and good for everyone in LA at the moment. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that... That state is, California's still on like major lockdown and... Fires. And fires, yeah. What a shitty time they've had over the last six months. So that, that's good to um mm-hmm. to win
2: that. Good for morale. Nice. Yeah. Everybody thought it was going to be the Clippers as well. <laughs> I know, since the
3: beginning of the season. Yeah. So at least one LA team won. Yeah. Um, in other news, Con McGregor has agreed to fight Dustin Poirier. Poirier yeah, yeah, pronounce he's pronounced that?
1: it pretty well. Yeah. On,
3: on one condition. Do you know what the condition is? That so it happens this year? Yeah.
1: Yeah, saw so this. Obviously, no bout agreement signed yet, but they've both sort of come out and said on social media they're talking to each other on, on social, and, and they've both agreed to it. And I think Connor's also agreed to donate 500k out of his um, fight purse to Dustin Poirier's fight for no, he's got a foundation, a, a charity, yeah. his own charity. So I think Connor's agreed to donate to that. Very nice I would. Soon. This fight actually makes a lot of sense, but like they're both ranked. They yep. fought before. They have fought before, and a lot of people probably don't know that. And and, and it was a long time ago. Connor. yeah,
2: and that's that's where Mystic Mac was born. You know, in his in his famous octagon speech. He um he yeah he
1: predicts these things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he, I think it'll be a much different fight this time around. I actually think like look at Dustin, the la- last fights. He's had Khabib, Dan Hooker. Yeah, he's a completely different fighter than the last time they fought. And this will be super interesting. But the fight actually makes sense from a rankings perspective and also for a, a shot at the winner of um, Khabib and Justin Gaethje, which is coming up soon too. Yeah,
2: super excited for this fight. And I think the styles are going to match up really nicely.
1: Yeah, I, I think it'll be a great fight. And yeah, if, if they both bring their A game, it's going to be super exciting.
2: Yeah, and Dustin Poirier was saying, you know, some of the charity work, uh, you know, setting up gyms and, you know, hard to, hard to reach na- neighborhoods and, and stuff like that. So yeah. Cool pumped
1: nice. for it. It. it whether it actually happens or not is, is another thing yeah a lot of these
2: fights that have been
1: talking about lately are exciting but yeah. yeah for some reason or another usually pay prevents the fights from taking place yeah. we'll
3: figure something out um otherwise michael jennings has tested positive for banned substances this
1: came out what yesterday
2: no it came out the morning, morning. of the game on saturday man it was crazy like i was, I was a little bit excited for this game um, Parramatta so um The Rabbitohs Yes yeah, The so mo- morning of the game
1: Jennings from, from Parramatta And he has tested Positive for
2: Ligandrol Also known as LGD4033
1: So this was um, This was one of the It's What are they classified as It's a It's a Psalm, Psalm. So yeah.
2: selective, selective Androgen receptor modulator You know one of the new Testosterone mm-hmm. Mimicking agents And quite a popular Drug for doping You know it's Oral, oral only um, Obviously uh, It's actually the same substance That the Australian swimmer Shana Jack Testing mm-hmm.
1: positive for, I would I would say a lot of athletes and NRL athletes are using. So I don't think he's the only one. I'd like to see some more stricter testing. Yeah, and uh, and, and just see what comes. Of. You don't hear much of drug testing in in NRL these days. It's sort of so random and hmm. sporadic, but that was that was crazy. Uh, it makes me think when you hear things like that especially this time of the um the year was there a little tip off
2: mm. and let's, also let's let's talk conspiracy here well his brother brandon jennings i mean yeah um he had a pretty good game as well so brandon jennings, oh
1: no who, we're who, not not who plays for the
3: washington wizards yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> no different jennings <laughs> uh, not pointing any sorry sorry jo- george jennings george jennings <laughs> sorry <laughs> I, did, I did the same <laughs> <to correct> him. <laughs> um um, but yeah, Lagendrol, um very popular doping agent at the moment. You know that's why
1: it's he, used recreationally too by people in the gym.
2: Exactly, and Everywhere. it's it's, it's uh, exploding in popularity. But you know, there's a lot of uh, safety concerns around it, and definitely you know a performance enhan- enhancing agent mm. that um, you know they're getting pretty good at testing for. You know because it's relatively new, um, tests probably haven't been um, up to up to scratch as some of the more established doping agents. But um, yeah,
1: so he has requested a B sample be taken and if that comes back positive it could be potentially a 4 year ban
2: which would be the end of his career
1: the end of his career but here's my prediction you can he's going to blame a supplement yeah and we do not supply supplements to the paramedic EOS, just yeah. so, you know, <laughs> make,
2: sure, make sure if you're look. an athlete out there, get this Informed Sport Tested Supplements. You yes, know, we test every, s- every single batch that has this tick on it is Informed Sport Tested.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. But that th- I'm going to be watching that story very closely. Very interesting. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Another interesting one is Israel Adesanya, who we've been talking about. And he has a bit of um, what appears to be gynecomastia, which is a common side effect of um, testosterone replacement therapy. Yeah, also and, known as doping. and
1: um, I look I honestly watching the fight, I didn't notice it until I jumped on some fight forums after it. I, and I
2: noticed it straight away as you were stepping in. I'm like, what is that?
1: I was too yeah. pumped for the fight. So yeah. I was sort of just caught up in the moment and, and, and just watching the fight. But yeah, when I jumped on the forums after it to see what everyone was saying about the fight, there was nothing really about the fight. It was all about Israel and potential gyno yeah. in, 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 in one of his one of the chests, yeah. yeah Like it, it was quite odd And it was quite noticeable There was a lot of photos there
2: but so it, could, it could be anything, you know, and it's only on one side. So I think um, I was listening to an interview that, you know, you, you saw that I was even going to look at some of the MRIs of this. And yeah,
1: I think he's been fairly open. He's had some MRIs and yeah, some He, tests said he, he doesn't so know what
2: it is. He doesn't know where it came from. And look, I'm
1: skepti- I've am i always got my skeptics hat on. <laughs> and um, I've always got on the optimistic side. Yeah. I always think
2: everybody's innocent until proven guilty. I think you're the opposite.
1: Yeah, I'm, they're definitely guilty until proven innocent. <laughs> huh. but something like that, mate, stands out for me as just, you're on something. Like that just doesn't happen between one fight and another unless it's like a cyst or a growth. Mm-hmm. So I'd be interested to find out what it is. And But everyone's onto it.
2: Well, I, he's been tested multiple times. And I think, you know, he's uh, he's got too much to lose at this stage of his career to do something stupid like that.
1: Yeah, look, we all know.
2: But so did Michael Jennings.
1: Yeah, and, and multiple athletes. Yeah. And especially in the UFC, like we all know the testing is so stringent. Yeah. But there's definitely still some... some um, Products that they can use out there that can beat the beat the drug tests. Yeah, and um, but who knows? Who knows? Only he will truly know him and his dealer. I mean, <laughs> him.
2: No, <Nah, I>, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say innocent.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say guilty. Guilty, heavily guilty. I'll
2: I'll, I'll say definitely innocent. You know, because uh, <laughs> he's um, he was fighting a guy much more jacked than him, who I thought was definitely oh, probably no. Paula Costa probably on he, something.
1: He's on something too. Yeah. Mm.
2: Speaking of. Um, I guess our next one. Carlos Wilberg is
3: getting an opportunity at a UFC contest. Yeah,
1: Yeah, so Masashi athlete, Carlos. Yeah. Been with us for quite some time. The Australian listeners probably might not be familiar with him, but he's a a New Zealand athlete.
2: Yep, fighting out of um, city kickboxing. um, Really, really um, powerful, strong athlete. You know, king of the ring, New Zealand champion and... Um, it's going to be exciting to see how he goes in MMA. I'm sure he's going to, you know. He's
1: had MMA fights before, but he's, um, he's got a chance on the Dana White's Contender Series coming up in Vegas in, what, a few weeks' time, I think. Yeah. So, and he's in the middleweight division, which yeah. is interesting because he's got a, t- a world champion teammate in that division.
2: Yeah, and a fellow Musashi athlete <laughs> in that division, Robert Whittaker, as well. So. That's right, yeah, so. um, yeah. Super excited for Carlos and his uh, debut, so hopefully he kicks some ass. Good and luck.
1: What an awesome guy. Yeah. Carlos is great guy. So guy. good luck and congrats, mate.
2: Yeah.
3: Well done. We have some game picks. Ooh. So I will briefly recap last week's picks. In yes. The, in the Let's NRL, uh, Dieran took the Panthers and Ross took the Roosters. Oh, in no. the AFL, Dieran took St. Kilda and Ross took the Bulldogs. Oh. Ross took the Celtics. Dieran took Miami. Uh, Dieran took – or you both put, took Liverpool – and then mm. Dieran took Adesanya and Ross took Paul Costa. So Deeran, <laughs> while um, Ross, you got one right, which was Liverpool where you both picked wow. correctly, Dieran got every single pick correct. So he essentially swept you. Don't wow. call me
2: Mystic Mac for nothing.
1: Oh. <laughs> did you put any money down on this little... Uh...
2: <laughs> I did, but I didn't win anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So what, what's in store for me? What do I have to down today? Oh, I one, think you know, mate.
2: T- one spoon of <laughs> you, Shred Matrix powder. You
1: have picked the, the, like, the finest powder well, you with picked the d- best taste, like passion fruit flavor that tastes amazing.
3: Use
2: a spoon, mate.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: True. You picked um, the deluxe powder for me, so you know, I had to, <laughs> had to return something tasty. <laughs> next
3: week. Next time, it'll get a bit
2: dirtier, I think. Yeah. You can't do a
1: whole spoon. Of course not you a, can. What, is that a proper serving size? do not matter.
2: It'll be fine. Don't this worry be about so it. be so easy. Watch this. Yes,
1: is that a whole is that enough we'll let you sure. we'll let
2: you slide with that yeah
1: <laughs> mm,
2: don't mm. put it back in <laughs> some nice uh nice green tea extract in there it tastes it tastes great as a drink you oh, really gotta not, breathe it in <laughs> yeah he, i think he's enjoying it the a, taste, is good. taste is good yeah
1: you know what it's actually you know like when you have protein powder just a dry scoop mm. it goes all sticky this just dissolves like oh, nice. Sherbet. Oh Sherbet. Oh, oh. So that was actually a treat. Thank no. you very much. Oh. Damn.
2: Okay, next time we'll <laughs> next time we'll get some Carol- Carolina Reaper sauce.
1: Dead set though. Try that dry scoop. Okay. That's really good. <laughs>
2: Damn right. it. It's meant to be a punishment, but I'm gonna yes. try it after this.
3: Okay, um this week I'm just gonna recap the games, so I get you two to call out who you're gonna pick.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh NRL, we on Saturday seventeenth, we have Panthers versus Rabidos in the prelims.
2: I'm going Panthers. Rabbitos. Panthers on a streak.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, in the AFL on Friday 16th, Port Adelaide versus Richmond.
2: Richmond.
1: Mm. I'll go Richmond.
3: Cool. Uh, <laughs> we were gonna pick Lakers versus Heat, but they've just finished. Lakers right <laughs> yep. by twenty. Yep. <laughs> uh, LeBron.
2: LeBron to win Finals MVP. Yep. Okay, <laughs> let's <laughs> yeah, we'll scrap. Scrap Don't that predict one. predict <laughs> these
3: things. Both winners now. Uh, in the EPL, we have Brighton versus Crystal
1: Palace. A nice little rivalry. Hmm. I want to go Brighton 1-0 because our boy Matty Ryan is going to have a cracking game. I can feel it.
2: Okay, I'm going to go for a draw. Crystal Palace are uh, on some you know good form at the moment, but I, I still think, you know, Matty Ryan's going to have a good game. <laughs> <laughs> Big rivalry. So uh, it'll be good to end it in a peaceful solution. <laughs>
3: Very nice. So we have two um, UFC matchups uh, on Sunday the 25th. Khabib versus Gaethje first.
2: Yeah. Who you got? I'm going to go Khabib. You know, nobody's Everybody knows what's coming, but stopping, it's another story.
1: I I, I agree. I agree with you, but I'm I'm going to go Gaethje just because he's had some awesome momentum. He's gotten better, progressively better. I think he's got the the style to beat Khabib as well. And I I actually think he's got the wrestling pedigree, the anti-wrestling pedigree as well Hmm. to not be taken down as much and to force this to be a fist fight. He's got heavy... (coughs) <laughs> <on this> stuff. <laughs> He's got heavy hands and can take a shot. That last fight with Tony Ferguson. That was crazy. I never thought I'd see anyone do that to Tony Ferguson.
2: No. So
1: I'm going to go Gaethje.
2: It'll cool. be very interesting. And, you know, of course, Khabib's father passed away. So first time without him in the corner. So, yeah. But I can't pick against that. Uh, They're both animals. One, like one of the greatest of all time, Khabib.
1: Of course.
3: Yeah. So that's lightweight. Middleweight, we have Whitaker versus Canonia.
2: Canoneer? Jared
1: Canoneer? Yeah. He's come down from heavyweight.
2: Yeah, he's and been, he's been on a streak too. Doesn't seem to have lost much of that um, knockout power that he had in heavyweight and those, you know, fighting goes a lot later.
1: Yeah, and so it's gonna be an interesting fight and both I mean Whitaker's just coming off a, a win over Till, which was a super technical sort of stand up battle. What I liked from Whitaker's last bite was he, he mixed in some um, threats of takedowns. Mm. Um, it seems to have sort of changed his game a bit there, the threat of takedowns, but Cannon is actually a decent wrestler. Yeah. Um, so. But he'll be. I think he'll be looking to come in and throw bombs. Yeah. I think if Rob can... This isn't a main event, is it? It's a co-main.
2: Yeah. Well, it's a three-round because I think Rob had yeah. a shot turnaround for it.
1: Yeah. So a three-round fight. I, look, if, I, if this was five rounds, Rob all day, three rounds, if he can weather the first sort of round and a half, yeah. which not too many people have recently with Cannoneer, I think Rob's got it. I'm going Rob anyway. I'm right? going Rob for sure. Yeah. I think,
2: you know... Um, Kilner has fought some some good fighters, but he's never fought you know Bobby Knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not going to be able to handle the heat, you know, uh, pick but him pick him apart. And yeah,
1: Rob's highly technical. He's actually got like a really good fight IQ. He's got a super good team behind him. So, and I think quick turnaround fights are good for Rob. I think he's had a cu- couple of fights, long layoffs. I mean, his title fight against Israel was suffer a long layoff. Hmm. Um, so I think I like the quick turnaround fights for Rob. Yeah,
2: should be good. I'm yeah. excited.
1: Super excited. Last
3: pick, Wallabies versus All Blacks Sunday 14. Second game of the Pledisloe Cup.
2: I think All Blacks are going to win by 20. Well, you know, I was watching it um, yesterday and I thought potentially that was what was going to happen. Wallabies were pretty good. So I'm going to go and pick against my passport and go with the Wallabies. You are going to get... Grilled <laughs> From everyone in New Zealand That's listening to this pic Don't worry I'm really a springboxer potter So it's all <laughs> <right>.
3: <laughs> Exposed that, <laughs> That's it for pics I'll recap these In the description on YouTube Sweet Cool uh, We have some listener questions now Ooh Okay that up real quick. Oh, Juicy First from Alex Naif Who asks How can I consume calcium If I'm lactose intolerant
1: Big Alex Eat other people's bones No um, I'm kidding ah. <laughs> You just looked at me like with a, are you serious? Jesus, <laughs> I'm about to walk out. Yeah, no.
2: Um, uh, there's cal- I'll let Darren answer you. Yeah, Dirin's well, I think, a- I think, you know, lactose isn't really... Um, the the hidden meaning of this question is, I don't have milk. What can I have instead of calcium? Exactly. Rather exactly. than lactose intolerant. And, and, you know, there are some, you know, good vegan sources of, of calcium.
1: <laughs> does milk even have calcium these it's days? Got, it's it's like, got plenty. <laughs> <does> it? <Yeah.
2: laughs> um, Who knows what milk is these days? Uh, apart from Musashi... Um, ready to drink protein shakes, which have a uh, nice 400 and something milligrams of protein of calcium in there. <laughs> calcium. Um, yeah. um, they're obviously milk based and have a bit of lactose. Nice plug. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <They're>, um, <laughs> you know, some green leafy veggies, broccoli, cabbage, okra, you know, okra, if you guys know bindi, it's like one of my favorite things.
1: Are you getting enough through those food sources though to get your daily requirements?
2: Well, um, you know, the daily r- requirements of calcium are, are pretty high and you know, it's actually particularly higher for women and older women, um, to prevent osteoporosis, but, um, uh, you know, calcium from food actually has significantly better um, bioavailability than you know calcium supplements. But there's always calcium supplements. If you're lactose intolerant, just yep. take a calcium supplement. Easy. Yeah.
1: There um, you go.
3: Next one from Paul Sellers. Are there any negative side effects of creatine, Darren?
2: I yes. think you can answer this one. <laughs> um, well, I've been on creatine basically nonstop for um, quite a long time, and Same. 20, had her. Twenty years. Exactly. One of the theories is that creatine can actually, um, you know, speed up. The process of balding.
1: I would disagree. Look yeah. at my head of hair. Yeah. So if you have. I think you're
2: gene- genetically predisposed to balding, then
1: yeah uh, is that that sounds like bullshit it's, it's not
2: me. completely proven but it's something that's been observed in some what,
1: what how are they going to prove that just get a bunch of guys and give them creatine for a prolonged period of time and like how do you determine if well yeah, i guess there's like a not?
2: theoretical mechanism behind it about how it affects your you know your um dht levels and and things but um, i heard
1: rubbing creatine into your head makes you, the hair grow back
2: yeah apparently there's some you know creatine and caffeine shampoos and stuff out there now is there really yeah <laughs> but, <laughs> but some of the some of the immediate side effects of creatine uh you know if um Bloat, it's great bloating i know a lot yeah, of people so have creatine actually has poor water solubility right yeah. so mm-hmm. if it's not co- completely dissolved in your drink it might give you a bit of bloating that's why uh, our creatine is micronized it has very small particle size to minimize that mm-hmm. so if you if you are having some of the old school creatines out on the market then they have bigger particle sizes which mean they don't dissolve properly and um, give you a bit of bloating and potentially nausea if you're
1: what else? If you're having too much creatine, it
2: can be converted to creatinine. Um, um, yeah, That's so if it's g- in water for too long as well, yeah, as well. I wouldn't really call that a side effect. Um, you know, it's just. Isn't that?
1: Can that be? So it's not a
3: side effect. Um, Specifically, negative side effects is the question. Yeah, oh. uh,
2: it, it's more like a marker. You know, yeah, it's okay. not like nobody's like, "Oh shit, my creatinine's high." <laughs> 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 uh, uh, but it's a marker of kidney health. <laughs> but um, creatine has been shown to be pretty safe for kidneys in the long term.
1: Yeah, and, and look, it's not one of those products where more is better either. It's yeah. just take your, take your daily creatine. yeah, I've been using it long term, for a long time. And yeah, hmm. heaps of
2: benefits and you know... Nothing wrong with me. <laughs> some new benefits on anti-Alzheimer's <laughs> which might help you in your later years. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> now. Nice. Any um, more listener questions?
3: No, that's it. Do we want to do a famous athlete mystery quote? Fire away. Lovely. This one is... um. An alternative athlete, I might say. Um,
1: alternative
3: athlete, yeah, I might give you. I might need to give you a hint later. But um, yeah. you might not take. You might not make it to the top. But if you're doing it what you love, there is much happiness there than being rich and famous.
1: Sounds like someone that didn't make it to the top.
2: It's an alternative athlete that. Alternative
1: had fun. athlete. What do you mean by
2: alternative? Like a hippie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no I'm uh,
3: it's not particularly uh, a sport. Yes.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Oh, jeez. Um, Ta- table tennis, motor racing.
2: Uh, I'm going to go Magnus Carlsen, the chess champion. Nope. <laughs> it's,
1: it's still
3: technically some sort of sport. It's alternative.
1: Oh. WWE? <laughs> no. <laughs> horse, horse racing, jockey.
3: You get to get the athlete, not the sport. When you oh. get the sport, you get the athlete.
1: Well, that's what I'm trying to Let's narrow it down to the sport first. Can you give us the sport?
3: You'll get it straight away. Oh, okay. Hang on. Okay, what? I'll give you the sport. What's well, so sport? I'm going to give you the race to see who gets it. Okay. Skateboarding.
2: Tony Hawk oh, okay. <laughs> That's, a That's a
3: sport What are you talking about yeah, It's an alternative sport That's
1: no, an
2: extreme sport Yeah
1: sure mate Okay Those guys are athletes For sure I 100. never said he wasn't an athlete I know It
2: is an, uh, Yeah The first skateboarding athlete To do a, a yeah. 900
1: <laughs> Isn't it in the Olympic Games Skateboarding I think they're adding it That's It's, in, snow, the X, it's in the X
2: Games Yeah That's the Winter Olympics But oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure they're adding skateboarding Yeah <laughs> Yeah
1: there you go. Yeah. Cool.
3: Well, there's your there's your mystery athlete quote. I
1: oh, know, a good one. Oh, I yeah, like that, that one. That was a good one. Yeah, you got it straight away. <laughs> can, can, you, you can you skateboard? I used to skateboard a fair
2: bit. Me too. I was a little skater boy <laughs> at one face. <laughs> go,
1: go back as an adult. If you ever skated as a kid, go back as a, an adult and try and skateboard. You watch how much you lose your like center of gravity and all that sort of stuff if you haven't been doing it. True. Like oh. you could rip as a kid and like I skateboarded every day as a kid and now when I jump on one... I, I don't know, I yeah. feel goofy mm. and I'm, I still wakeboard and I'm a goofy footer actually, oh, nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I still wakeboard and surf yeah. and things oh. like that and do that fine, yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but yeah, skateboarding for some reason. Nice. Mm. Here we go, get back with your inner child and yeah. jump on a
3: skateboard. That's it from me, I think we're ready for a Miyamoto Masashi quote. Miyamoto Masashi quote,
2: okay. I, I don't
1: have the music this week, it got banned after I put on that... um. That, that music from last week's yeah, episode. Yeah,
2: was a bit, a bit too weeb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll just read it in a nice spiritual voice. Please. Okay. <sighs> it is only through practice can you find a rhythm. Rhythm is, exists in everything. Even there is a rhythm in being empty. Appropriate quote, because in intermittent fasting, your stomach is empty. So, you know, <laughs> <Yeah. into it laughs> You relate quite. everything. Oh, that was quite a literal... Yes, yeah, very literal. So but, you know... Practice, g- get, can um, you find a rhythm? That makes sense. Rhythm yeah. exists in everything, right? Oh. So, you know, like you training, you get into the rhythm. Like your diet, you get into that regular rhythm. You know, now that we're back in the office, I'm not snacking on snacks in my pantry all day long. And, you know, I'm back in that daily rhythm. Uh, um, things, things are working better for my diet in particular. Uh, but with intermittent fasting, you know, you can get into the 16-8 rhythm and it gets easier.
1: It does. How long does it take to get easier?
2: It depends on you. You know, it depends how resi- resilient you are to that feeling of hunger.
1: How long did it take you?
2: Uh, I, I, I was pretty good the first time around. But then, you know, when I wasn't in the rhythm coming off this January, uh, December, January uh, Christmas food bender. Struggled. Struggled. So, yeah. Uh, But, yeah, probably just getting into the rhythm of regular life then. R- too busy to focus on the rhythm of my diet.
1: True. Good way to end the episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you want to submit a question, podcast at masashi.com or on social media. Leave a review on YouTube. If you want to watch our Ugly Heads on YouTube, you can. Otherwise, listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you in the next episode. Masashi outs. out. Out.